Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. Chelsea's invited me on a last-minute holiday and just packed my suitcase for us. How kind. <gasps> Emma. I'm just looking for strong enough superglue to mend the broken pieces of Billy's heart. And this £2,000 teapot that he sold me. Connor, <laughs> what we got coming up this week, Emma? We have your usual roundup. We have... Hero of the Week and Slappin' Jan. But first, here's the jingle. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! My boy, Blimey. Mr. Butcher. 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next, rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night. It's... The next morning, after the big night of poisoning. And, well, Kathy's come by, probably to give Ian another sandwich. And her automatic response is, Oh my God, where's Ian? My favourite thing is, Kathy and Ian seem to have the exact same sort of, um, like, way of, of moving around the square. They all go around, shuffling around, calling out someone's name. Because all she seems to do these days, right, and I'm not even just saying, I'm not just joking, right, is, Ian! 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 She said that three times within five minutes. <laughs> how can you, how can she call out his son's name that many times in that short space of time? He's literally just not behind the bar and she's like frantic. She's like, but where is he? Where is he? Where is everyone? Well, maybe they've stepped out. Yeah, like, so the night after the big poisoning, which Kathy didn't know had happened anyway. So, like, it's just the next morning and she's trying to get into the Vic and the doors are open. But my thing here is she's running around wondering where Ian is after, like, not seeing him since, like, the night before or the afternoon before. (laughs) Yeah, since yesterday. And, um... The fact Sharon's not there either doesn't make her think, oh, well, he's not been feeling well. Maybe Sharon's finally took him to the doctors, like I've been asking her to do. Yeah, she, she like, creates this, like, emergency. Obviously, Ian has left because he was getting poisoned. We all know that, but she doesn't. Kathy has made this, like, she needs to step back as a parent. She needs to step back as a parent. She waltzes into the Vic, waltzes into the Vic, she doesn't even bother knocking or ringing a doorbell or anything. She walks straight in, goes right behind the bar, goes upstairs to check if anyone's there. No one's there. So then she immediately suspects, immediately, that something sinister has happened and Sharon is involved. thought she was your friend. You helped her give birth. You know what I love? I love the thought of, like, Ian actually being there but being asleep and Kathy just walking in. Kathy's Ian! Like, Ian! Ian! <laughs> Imagine that. Like, that's your alarm clock. They're calling out. I mean, like, if if that's what she did on a daily basis, can you imagine being Ian? No wonder he's left. No wonder he's left. He's like, ma'am, listen, you know, I'm 57 now. I've got to have some space. And she's like, Ian, come home. I can look after you. So as, as Connor's been saying, Sharon even says to Kathy, like, Ian's a grown man. Like, maybe he's gone out for a walk. Probably a shuffle, more like, because that man yeah. was, like, the walking dead. Yeah. he was. Maybe he's gone to pursue his dream of being an Ozzy Osbourne tribute act. 
Baby, baby. Baby, you sound that good. We're going through changes. Sharon! <laughs> I mean, I do just love this as well, because Sharon just stays over at Phil's. Yeah, no Where's one's... Albie? Where is Albie? No, I'm assuming he's with Karen, but no Apple. one really ever says. And like, even when she goes back to the Vic, she doesn't have Albie with her. So like... No! <laughs> Even, I was like, did she just leave him in the other room and go and stay at Phil's? That whole week, there's no, like, reference to Albie. Because if she's working down at the bar, it's like, who's looking after Albie? Yeah. Well, maybe he just went into the kitchen for a biscuit. We won't see him for quite some time. Quite some time. Yeah, yeah. that is true. A few months. And maybe he's gone walkabout. Maybe he's went with Ian. He's went for a little trip. Well, that would be something that Kathy should have thought of, right? She's went in. She hasn't seen Albie, hasn't seen Sharon, and then also hasn't seen Ian. Yes. But for some reason, pres- <laughs> presume something untoward has happened to only Ian. Only Ian. They haven't gone out. just went out for the yeah, day. They haven't gone out for the day. No, no, that's too simple to think of. But I love it because love- it's like Sharon says, like, Ian might have just gone for a walk. And Kathy's like, what, with only the clothes on from yesterday? So that means she's went through all of his stuff. <laughs> that is literally insane. <laughs> And, and then she was like, and he's left all of his cards. Yeah. How do you know? How does she know? <laughs> Kathy, she needs to get a date. I love Kathy, but she needs to get a man of her own. If she was with her in a relationship, she wouldn't even look twice towards Ian's. I feel like she is just desperate to be involved in Sharon Ian's marriage. And it's weird. <laughs> so Ben walks in, because we we're saying, obviously, Sharon was staying with Phil. And like... He's like, why is Sharon here? Like, is there any other people in that household not wondering why Sharon's there? Well, I was thinking like... Because hadn't like, they had this big argument? Yeah, <laughs> and all their neighbours, all the neighbours. Sharon just is like the walk of shame across the square. <laughs> yeah. And like, none of the neighbours are like, oh, look. Oh. Be with we all know how neighbours talk, man. Come on. And on a square <laughs> like that, everyone... Do these to be our window with a coffee man? Should be going, well... Well, well, you never guess who I've just seen coming out of Phil's check. You never <laughs> guess. Like, of course they'd be like that. Kim would be up in her window with her binoculars to see if she could say anything. Like, we know that that's what's happening. Jean would have probably went past and then been like, oh, you never guess. Little more, definitely. Big more. <laughs> little more, definitely. Yeah, she's back you on know, the square, guys. Little more. <laughs> little more, she's back. <laughs> Big Mo would be spreading it around the square, having a good time. Rainy, she would love it as well. Oh, she would. Oh, they would yeah. all love that gossip. Lexi as well. Lexi's a little gossip. She'd be telling everyone the business. Well, that's Come the on. thing, wasn't Wouldn't she have been in the house? Exactly. Well, Kathy has sat and waited all day for Sharon to come back. By all day, I mean five minutes. And um, presumes the worst. Storms off home. Has a go at Peter and everyone. Um, for not worrying, because Ian's been missing for, well, as far as they're concerned, a night or maybe a morning. They don't quite know how long he's been gone because they don't know anything. He could have been gone five minutes. He could have been gone five hours, 50 hours. No one knows in this house. And Kathy is like, literally, right, get the police on the phone now, Bobby. And Pierre's like, well, I'm sure I'll be fine. I say, like, you just hate him, don't you? You just... It just hates Peter, doesn't she, she Kathy? It's, it's like, just like, Bobby's trying. 
You yes, should, that's you what should it is, forgive him. <laughs> she's never forgiven Peter for not forgiving Bobby. <laughs> Come on, he's trying. Your dad's trying too. Can I just say, with the way your blanket sat like that, you look like you're t- partaking and I'm a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like a snuggie on, like a red snuggie, but because I've got it the way I have, it does look like I'm wearing like a little red vest. <laughs> <laughs> like a little body warmer <laughs> there. Because <laughs> you know, in the castle, they had the, the body warmers and the. Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah, you look like. You're, you're off to the Welsh castle. <laughs> to see if there's any ghosts in the Welsh castle. <laughs> Connor's a celebrity. Get him out of here. I feel like someone needs to get Kathy out of there. I feel like she needs a break. Think she needs a holiday or something. She needs to come back re-energized and just focus on her own life. It's crazy how she's like, right, something's happened. It's been gone an hour. Kathy, calm down. Like, actually calm down. So give much a so, doesn't she go around ringing all the hospitals? I thought there was yes. only the one. Uh, yeah, no. Because they only ever go to Walford General. Exactly, exactly. I think... Uh, She's been unfaithful to Wolford General, really. Clearly, she's been going to other hospitals, hasn't she? <gasps> no. Little liar. Yeah, yeah. She not hasn't. Someone who cheats on that hospital, that local hospital. Oh, Kathy, At- I, I can't believe, believe that. Imagine if that got out. That would be worse than Ian being poisoned. It would. That's a big betrayal there. Big betrayal. It is. Poor Ash. She sat over there doing nothing, <laughs> waiting. Waiting for someone to come through that door, and Kathy's taking all of her business elsewhere. And maybe, maybe it's all just been too stressful for Ian. That's what Sharon's telling everyone. She's telling everyone. Maybe it's just too stressful. Maybe you know he's just decided to go away. But his secret lover Max is not buying it. He's concerned, and Sharon calls him weird. <laughs> I love that bit because she's like, I can understand Kathy being concerned, but. You, Max? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Max, also, you did murder his adopted son and, like, burn down his business and, like, you know, do all these things and try to strangle him. Like, you're not exactly best mates. No, I love that Max is only, like, wanting to know where Ian is because he needs that money. <laughs> yeah, it's just for the money. <laughs> where's, where's my money, Ian? Where's my money? Like, he literally goes up to him, he tracks him down, he's homeless and everything. He's like, where's my money, Ian? Where's my money? Like, that's all he cares about. It's all he wants. He just wants his money. Sharon isn't wearing a wedding ring. So that automatically just makes all of Kathy's theories that she's got in her head <laughs> come true. So she's like, right, we need the police involved. She's put two and two together. And it's like, when, right, so she's not wearing a wedding ring. That doesn't mean she's washed her hands or anything. That means she's murdered my son, <laughs> buried the body in the basement, and is planning on... Creating a revolution that will change the state of this country forever. I feel like that's what she's become, like a conspiracy theorist. Do you think she's got like a big board in in her room and she's like pinning bits to it? And like, well, it <laughs> starts clues. with Sharon and she circles Sharon and then she puts yeah. all the, <laughs> the threads. She's like, Sharon was wearing people. black yesterday. Sharon was wearing a black dress yesterday and black is what you wear to a funeral. So clearly she's <laughs> murdered my son. Like, that is literally what she's like, isn't she? Or she'll be like, Sharon served 50, 57 drinks yesterday. That's the same age as Ian. That means she's killed Ian with a drink, a poison drink. Like, it is like that. She's crazy. So Bobby walks in, and don't worry, Bobby's got it all under control. 
he's just as worried as Kathy now. So he's rang the police. It's just bizarre. Everyone is literally... I'm surprised the police are like, well, has he been missing for 24 hours? Or has he been missing for like 48 hours or whatever it is? You know, like they've got a time thing, don't yeah. they? And it's like, mm, no. My favourite bit about this bit is when Sharon admits that they had a row before he left. And Kathy's like, well, what is your row about? Kathy! <laughs> private between in her eyes a married couple yes because yes of course we know that this marriage is a sham and we know that ian is like being poisoned but kathy knows none of that kathy just presumes the worst of sharon and presumes she has some sort of entitlement to know what's going on in her what next is she gonna be like so did you sleep with my my son yet did you sleep with your husband yet (laughs) i'm just expecting that emma i'm waiting for kathy to say that Kathy is literally losing her mind, and I think she needs a good old-fashioned summer holiday. So big surprises this week. Something that has never, ever happened before, ever, in the history of EastEnders. Really? Uh-huh. Lexi was ill. Never. She never even gets a sniffle, that one. No, she is never missing a day off school, is our Lexi. Ever. If you can't tell, we're being sarcastic. (laughs) 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 Because we as viewers all know that Lexi was always off school. She might as well have been home tutored by Lola because she was never there. Do you remember before the pandemic, the girl was never in school? And Phil can't pick her up. Oh, what a loving grandfather. Literally no one can pick her up. <laughs> apart Why? From, apart from Callum, who is, I would say, a very busy man. I mean, he's, he's in the police force. Yeah, I do love this. No one else in the entire Mitchell clan, <laughs> no one else can pick, can pick that girl up, right? Even though... Lola barely works at that salon. They barely have any customers to begin with. So I don't think Denise would have looked badly on her if she'd said, Lexi's ill, I've just got to go home. I mean, it is the umpteenth time that that's happened. But that aside, Denise probably would have just went, yeah, go on, get yourself away. We've not got anyone coming in today. Like, I mean, Denise does even admit herself later on, which we'll talk about, is she tells Chelsea to use her influence and skills to get them some customers. Exactly. They've got no one. They've got no one coming in. And because no one is available, Callum offers to pick Lexi up. And then he goes to the school and Jobsworth Isaac (laughs) decides now, now is the time for him to make a stand on what is right and good. Never mind the fact that he used to go into school drunk and hung over. I was like, this is the same man who went in drunk had drugs on the premises, but no, now I take my job seriously. He's a serious individual, Emma. He works for this school, for the children. They are the future and he must protect them. Also, I thought Isaac was a supply teacher, but he's always there. Yeah, he's like a main teacher now, yeah. <laughs> supply turned main since the last one died. Like, we never know what happened to that teacher who we were supplying for. Also, don't you just love... That Isaac, right, knows Callum, knows that Lexi lives with Callum, knows that Callum works in the police, so therefore that's, you know, good character statement generally. And 
and clearly dates dates Ben, who's Lexi's father, is friends with Lola, but no, not trustworthy. He's not going to lose his job for this. I get that, like for like safeguarding reasons, he can't just like let anyone go and pick Lexi up, even though he knows them. But my problem was with Lola. Oh, don't even. Because don't she, even with that. she's had loads of people on that list. Ben mentions them, like Jay was on the list. They weren't married, but she won't put Callum on the list until Ben marries him. Because he's not yeah. family. Why is she so spiteful? She's like spitefully, like refers to Callum as not family. Oh, so sorry, it's bad that your child just stands and vomits in the school. That's a better one, well, because like, if she puts him on the list, then isn't that helping her? Exactly. And can I just say as He well, lives in oh, their household. Exactly. You obviously trust him to live and look after your child on a daily basis. Like, Callum's took them out for, like, food. He's went and, like, you know, done things with Lexi in the past. Like, how do you not trust that man then? <laughs> Like, this I'm is, struggling here, Lola. This is the same man she said she trusted enough to tell him that she cheated on Jay with Peter, but now she doesn't trust him. Exactly. Exactly. So Ben has a great idea. Perfect. And decides, well, I know what'll get Callum on the list. Probably not the right way about it, though. <laughs> Do you know why I love this scene? Because this scene really reminds me of my fiancé and how he thinks. My fiancé is very practical um, and doesn't really understand a lot of, like, the romantic side of things. And um, decided he was going to propose to me in a car park down the beach where we walk our dogs and thought that was really romantic and lovely. I, on the other hand, thought he was going to propose to me in a castle um, in Scotland and had this whole dreamed-up scenario i was probably pathetic dreamed this whole scenario up because my rings were being made in scotland and so i was like oh fuck what scotland this weekend clearly i'm gonna get the rings he's gonna propose this weekend in edinburgh castle except he didn't instead it was the car park and it is a very much like well you know i just thought we were already really married to begin with i'm like well we weren't though well we are that's kind of how he treats it like you know, we've been together for years and years. Well, we're, that's sort of married, isn't it? And that's what Ben's like. He's <laughs> like, let's just do the paperwork and get it over with. Let's make it official. Callum, be the romantic. Is a bit like, um, how about no? How about you give me some respect, a little bit of romance, and, you know, make it a little bit more dignified than sort of asking me in a vague statement to marry you whilst we scrub the dishes and prepare dinner. Do you think Ben was like, well, Lexi's always ill, so, I mean, we're going to have to get this sorted by tomorrow because she'll be on our way home (laughs) then too. (laughs) I think you're right. I think Ben's like, well, really, Lexi's going to be ill quite a lot. (laughs) Got to get this signed. basically the epicentre of all disease. (laughs) So Carl storms off to the park. Bit of a weird choice to storm off to. I don't know why everyone goes there. It's so strange. They all do. They, they all go and remember, remember, when they're sad, they always go to the swings. Yeah, Bobby used to always come here. He did. Bobby used to always go that, didn't he? Yeah, when he was little. Except like, he didn't. when he had his chocolate muffin with chocolate chips in. Yeah. 
I was like, well, they've happened. all got chocolate chips in, haven't they, Peter? Yeah, chocolate chips <laughs> have chocolate chips. What are you talking about? <laughs> so Callum wasn't impressed. Oh, no. Oh, Connor, is that your phone ringing? Oh, sorry, guys, sorry. Hello? <laughs> oh, do you know who else is not impressed, Emma? I know who. The Irish guy? He said he's seen the video oh. of Ben proposing to Callum in that kitchen and he's not impressed and neither is Frankie. <gasps> no. Yeah. Well, and you know when he says it, he means it. He does and at least Frankie's a friend so maybe, you know, she could help out there. Yeah. Oh, God. We, we oh. hear from him a lot. He's not impressed about a lot of things. He's not. Nah, nah. Well, do you know what else I'm not impressed about? Hypocrite Lola coming, waltzing in once again, right? Waltzing in once again and going, what's wrong with you, grumpy, to Ben? Sorry, you were the most grumpiest, spiteful, moany-faced person I've ever seen five seconds ago. What are you talking about, Lola? And then also another thing about this whole scene. Lexi seems completely fine now. Yes! She's sat there drawing. It's like a miracle cure. <laughs> she's just, she's just give, been slipped some, uh, what's it called, uh, the stomach settling stuff. Um, <laughs> perfect, ready to go. <laughs> it is just crazy. She's just sat there. She's got loads and loads of drawings out. So she's just clearly feeling great. When I'm vomiting, there's no way I have the energy to even look at a television screen, get up. I can't even do anything. Like, how is she, like, oh, I'm having a great time now that I'm home. <laughs> because she's a little faker. Uh-huh. She makes it up. And get, like, all the other ones where um, she would always come home and there'd be nothing wrong with her. Or she would stay off school and there'd be nothing wrong with her. And then Lola would tell her off later in the day, but then do exactly the same thing again. <laughs> she literally made herself sick so that she could get home. Uh-huh. That is some, that's some next level talent there. As someone who would... Someone who would regularly try to screw <laughs> it. I have to give me hats off because I never once managed to make myself vomit, projectile vomit. No, that's clever, that. And she did it on cue. Because <laughs> Callum was like, you know, she tends to, and then she vomited. I mean, come on. <laughs> Do you think there was a plan all along? She was like, right, if you say those words, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a trigger word. <laughs> Just sets her off like a sprinkler system. and she decides she's going to give ben some romance advice because both lexi and lola are appalled at how ben proposed well lola you were you were referring to callum as not family earlier so don't know why you're so invested now you're confusing me lola i'm confused (laughs) and ben tells her I'm not going to take any advice off of a child, which I think's solid advice Fair. when we're talking about romance. Yeah. Um, cut to the next day. Lexi is his wedding planner. <laughs> I have so many questions. How did that happen? So my first question is, she starts the day ready to go to school because clearly she's fine again. Totally fine. So she's in her school uniform. Lola gets her and off they go. Then, later on, she's suddenly in the Albert as a wedding planner. 
And then she's got access to a man to set off fireworks. <laughs> I kind of loved it because she's like one of those like bridezillas or like, you know, like my super sweet 16. Where oh my just God, like, that was such a good show. Right, come on, come on, guys. Crack, crack team, come on, come on. Right, I want this. It's going to cost five million pounds, but I'm going to have it. I'm going to have cakes that are bigger than me. I'm going to have a massive dress, a massive puffy out dress, a castle wedding. That's what I'm going to have. This is my day. And I was like, I am living for this. You know what I think she's done? I think she's took some advice from Stacey. She's stolen Ruby's identity and Ruby's going to have absolutely no money because she's been using it. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, don't worry, Dad. I've got all of Ruby's credit cards. Like... Don't need to worry about a thing. <laughs> I'm gonna sort this all out. The man who was like basically her servant, every every five minutes she was like, No, hey, where are you going? I was just like, Who was given this child this authority? Second <laughs> like, like authoritarian dictator. I wasn't sure. She was like, I'll have none of that negativity, Ben. That rubs off on my team. I was like, Jesus. I'll be scared to work for her, actually. Yeah, I'll be. Do you know who? She, Very you know strict. Maybe boss. she doesn't need school. Maybe she is like a little entrepreneur. You know, like those kids. I couldn't even say that word. That entrepreneur. <laughs> We're um, certainly not one then, because I can't. Even. No. <laughs> <laughs> so she reminds me of those kids. You remember on CBC? There used to be like a show where they were like young. It was like the young version of Dragon's yes. Den. I know what you mean. Yeah, and it was like all these kids. They would compete to try and be like young entrepreneur of whatever i don't know what it was but like they were just basically flogging stuff and coming up with ideas and they would come up with different things that's what lexi could do i feel like lexi could actually go and make a business for herself great minds think alike that's what they say don't they emma and that's exactly what seems to be the case because ben goes to his band callum and bring him over to their surprise wedding that he's arranged only for callum to propose to him oops also, did he love mentioned? Yes! Mentioned! Son and her biro! I was like, oh my god, special mention to Sonia and her biro. Literally, me and Emma died and loved that so much. We kept it in our episodes, reference wise, for like that oh, entire ages, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, it was like one of our favourite things where Sonia was like, I, I can I can save him, Phil. I just need a, a biro and a knife. It's like, flipping heck. I didn't know Dr. Son was flipping some, you know, wartime medic. <laughs> it was like an episode of Casualty, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Amazing work. And then I love it because Ben calls Cal his hero. I know it's only in passing, but I was like, oh, I love that. Ben's like, no, you've ruined Lexi's plan. She's going to kill you. And Callum's like, what have I done? Yeah, I love it. If there's one thing you don't want to have happen when you propose to someone, it's someone go, no! (laughs) (laughs) And so Callum then runs over to the Albert because that's where Ben said he would meet them, but he's not there. So he sees that Ben was ready to propose and is like, right. Why was Kathy not there? Oh, well, she was too busy looking for Ian. Sorry. Just figured it out. She's busy busy looking after the other son who's a grown man. (laughs) It's even her bar, though. Like, so I know, knew. I love that. She'll have love known that. exactly why Ben wanted it. She's just chose not to turn up. She hates Callum, really. Imagine, <laughs> she secretly hates him. <laughs> and as he walks in, 
everyone goes, surprise, essentially. They all do the, way, and they've all got like, will you marry me? And um, and they've got like, Wetney music in the background. I can't remember the song. I can't remember the song's lyrics, but you know what I mean. Got like, Wendy, wet, Wetney music in the background, don't they? And I just love this scene because it perfectly encapsulates the Mitchells and like, and the highways and stuff. It perfectly, perfectly displays their ineptitude to get anything right. Honey pops the champagne before <laughs> Ben's even there. That's spraying off. They're all like, do you see? Yes. <laughs> like, ready with the signs. Ben's not even there. Like, I just love it. It's perfect. I'm dying for the Highway Mitchell Christmas. That'll be great. Oh, that'll be something, won't it? Imagine oh, still around the dinner table of Stuart and Rainey. I just love it. Pulling crackers. <laughs> e, everything. That's everything. Just imagine them now with their little Christmas hats on. Oh, I know. That's all I can see. <laughs> perfect. So, Cal goes outside, runs off outside, feels bad because he's obviously ruined Ben's surprise. And um, phones him. But it doesn't matter. Because you just hear, Oi! Highway! Or halfway! <laughs> Oi! Halfway! <laughs> and as he looks up, there's Ben with presumably all the roses that he promised him um, earlier on in the week. And the two, they get up there. They have this beautiful moment, don't they, where they talk about like everything they sum themselves up really well their relationship yeah like i like when ben's like oh callum's normally the soppy git and it's not normally him and there's no other man he would be doing this for like standing on a freezing balcony yeah like he says like he's and then like callum says one of the most poignant things i think i've ever heard on his standards when it comes to like marriage and love and proposals and he says he never felt enough Mm enough of a man, enough of anything before he met Ben and when he's with Ben he feels like he can take, they can take on the world together and I was like, that is what love is meant to be that is what love is and he wants Ben to show him what love is he wants to know no, what, what love, love is, is. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't resist couldn't resist <laughs> I love it because then Callum's like, so what do we do? Do we both get down on one knee? And Ben's like, we make our own rules. And they I both, don't they? They both go in for the will you marry me at the same yeah. time. <laughs> I love that bit as well because that's what my boyfriend said to me because I was like, how's it going to work? Do we each get a best man? Do we get a best woman? Like, what? how does it work? <laughs> you have maids of honour, yeah, but do we get two maids of honour? How does it work for men? And my partner always says, we just make our own rules. Mainly, I think it's just because you can't be bothered to think about it or look it up. But, you know, <laughs> this wedding was just, it was destined to be great from the get-go. I feel like we all loved Balam because it really softened Ben and it really helped crack open Callum and help him discover who he really is. And it was it's just all been beautiful to watch and really magical. It's been such a good portrayal of an LGBT Q plus relationship it's like I'm so proud that that's like part of his standards it's really really good and I was very emotional Emma I was very emotional you know oh, I know so... I mean we weren't crying of course not of course not <laughs> we're catch... professionals we're professionals we can't just crying and then do you know what I love just as it's dead emotional 
they crack out that bit of comedy when Lexi goes, I don't forget about your stinky feet. Like, love, love that. Although, I will say, love, love you. But could have waited a little bit longer so that they could make it about them rather than you. <laughs> it was lovely. And then I love it. She was like, she, she'd got a, a little, like, man person, whoever he was, whoever this poor man who's clearly been held hostage or against his will, whoever he is, she, like, brings him out. She's like, right, pass us that remote now. And he's like, okay, madam. Have you <laughs> seen this? this Have you seen this man? We yeah. should be fun posters up. I'm not working for Lexi. Mm -mm. Ah. No, <laughs> never. Can you imagine? Do you think um, that was her dad in real life? Because they were standing so close and stuff. And... Oh, did when... they? I don't know, because when he was holding the thing and then she was pressing it, and I know obviously they're bringing in family members. That would uh, make sense. Uh, would yeah, because he never said much either. No, he didn't. But I think that's because he was scared of Lexi. Good spot, Emma. Maybe Lexi didn't allow him to speak. Yeah, sorry. There's no speaking around Lexi. <laughs> it speaks when it's spoken to. <laughs> every, every time he talks out of turn, she just slaps him across the face. <laughs> Why am I living for, like, cruel dictator Lexi? Like, I love this. A team can't speak unless she says they can speak. Love is in the air. Do, 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 do. Love is in the air. Do, 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 do. And Jay and Billy, they're still fibbing, aren't they? They're still telling little pork pies. <laughs> little pork pies. Just a little one. Just a little one. I mean, by little, I mean enormous, because they're basically having a relationship and not telling anyone. Well, I hear that Nancy can eat about seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> she used to be able to eat. Seven pork pies while sitting. <laughs> I love the next bit as well. When they're sat, right? Janet's drawing. She's doing things for the, the wedding, for Balaam's wedding proposal. And um, as she's doing that, Jay and Honey do the most weirdest thing <laughs> yeah, I think you, you... I've ever seen an adult couple do. I knew you I've think never, about this. Never seen this, Emma. Never. My entire life. And I've lived for 57 years. Well, no longer, to be fair. Longer, yeah. I mean, we've been around since the 1782. <laughs> um, I, just, I just love it because randomly, without explanation at all, they just suddenly and slowly start moving their hands out towards each other. Like Rose and Jack on the edge of the Titanic as it sank. Just reaching out. One last time. I was like, what is this? It was so slow, wasn't it? And they're looking at each other like... Yeah, with, with these weird. Creepy faces. <laughs> Do it. Wide, wide Cheshire smiles. As they're reaching out, it was like Ray Quinn had wrote that scene, isn't it? It was like Ray Quinn had wrote that scene. Always grinning he was. Reaching out. Like that. <laughs> but they didn't get to it because... You know, social distance meant that they had to just keep doing that for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> Until the door <laughs> went. There wasn't a glass screen between that them on that couch. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, save me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Cue <laughs> <laughs> the historical fog and the strange, strange history reenactment of Redwater. They're interrupted. They reach, cannot reach each other in time. 
for Lola has once again barged into their house and then gives them the death stare. So next, because look, Lola's, Lola's not happy. So she texts Lola's them. Furious. Rather than just right there and then go, you know what? We're at the Vic later, yeah? yeah? No, no, she texts them and they turn up at the Vic and wait for her. They're talking about like, uh, about Billy and like how they've not been obvious. I mean, it took them that long to hold hands. So yeah. they're not really. And Lola walks in just as she hears Honey say the word how. Now, if you walked into a conversation and heard the word how, I don't really think you could grasp where that's come from. No. But Lola heard just the word how and quite far away, didn't hear the rest of the conversation and managed to understand what that full conversation was about. And she was like, how? What do you mean how? You are obvious, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, how did... Oh, can I just say, living for virtuous light. Virtuous light, also known as Lola. She's like this saintly figure all of a sudden. She comes in, she's judging Jay and Honey, right, for telling one lie about them being in a relationship when they're two consenting adults, neither of them are dating anyone. Like, Lola, on the other hand, though, committed numerous lies, adultery, like, numerous times. She's a Dora. And she's got the absolute sheer goal. I'm telling you, this week, this week, it was like last week. Remember when Ash annoyed me last week? Well, this week, Lola's annoyed me. Lola has really annoyed me. I mean, who is she? Who is she? Who is she? she? Where did you find her? To flip and say anything, and especially to give them an ultimatum. This isn't your story, Lola. Get out of it. Get out of it. Well, Jay is naturally annoyed, as he would be, because Lola is giving them this ultimatum and there's her who cheated on him and then Billy yeah. who cheated on Honey and thinks for some reason he owns Honey. Yeah, I know, honestly. As we say... Lola gets this moral high ground? You can understand why Billy's upset because, like, obviously he loves Honey, they've got children together, he brought up Jay... But he doesn't own it and he feels like he can just go back to her and he can stop her doing whatever like he doesn't want her to do and he doesn't have the right. No, he doesn't. She's a single woman. She can do what she likes. And that's also what's even weirder because it seems to be that Lola has inherited that mentality that people aren't people. People are objects because she's given them the ultimatum as if they don't have a right to make up their own mind. Fair enough. Don't lie for them. Don't lie for them. But what, you know what the consequences of that will be, and you are choosing, Lola, not to um, to basically tell Billy yourself. Don't put that all on them. You know that this will upset Billy, and that is why you're not telling him. So you, you are just as complacent in this lie as them. Don't like, get upset because they are deciding how to carefully, carefully let down this man who is clearly delusional on where his relationship stands with Honey. And acting like this, does he ever think he'll get her back? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I did love it because Honey's like, there can be no more hiding. We're just going to go and tell him. So she tells Billy she needs to talk. She does this at the wedding like proposal, which probably isn't the best idea because it gives Billy the wrong idea. He yeah. thinks he's not only got a chance, he's going to get lucky tonight. That's literally what he basically said to Lola. He was like, she wants a word in private. Get what I mean? 
I'm like, Billy. Oh, and well, Billy's feeling romantic. So towards the end of the night, he decides he's going to tell her. It's just going to be so good. It's going to be so good from now on. Ever since they have decided to get back together. I love how he didn't even, didn't even let her speak. Oh, no. Always like, no. And I love it because she was like, this isn't the right time to do it here and talk to him. But like, because he, because he decided they were getting back together from her just saying, can I chat to you? Uh, yeah. Well, she had to tell him. Um, and well, he didn't react very well. No. Again. And then he just runs off crying. I'm like, how old are you? You've had more wives than she's been alive. <laughs> like, can you please, like, rein it in a bit? But Billy's not going to do that, Emma. He's not going to do that. He's going to take those tears and cry them into his coffee as he pours in a whole load of booze as well. He finds out Lola knew. Yeah, I love that, when he's sulking and he's like, crying over that flipping cheap teapot. And then he's like, you knew! Storms off. I love when he storms off, but he comes back for that teapot that he thinks is worth money. Why would you believe Mo? <laughs> Big Mo told him, come on. We all know that's worth nothing. <laughs> I love it as well because he's like, him and Honey, they've been getting it on all through lockdown with my kids there. What are you talking about? They've not even touched each other. They have they literally didn't. They were reaching out just the other day and then you interrupted it. <laughs> it took them that long to try. Yeah, exactly. What do you mean? And also, again... Like, what does it actually have to do with you? And also... It's not affecting your kids in any way. They clearly weren't in lockdown because Billy lived with them. So he would have... Exactly. He would have known. (laughs) It's just insane. None of us could get out, Billy. So he goes to work. He's kicking off. And I loved it because Kush was behind the whole time just watching. Did you see his his little face peeking out, watching it all unfold? I love it. The little gossip. He's like, thank God someone else's life's going down the drain and not mine this week. (laughs) (laughs) I love this whole bit when Lola's like, I've made you a sandwich. It's like, oh, not a sandwich. I can't move. (laughs) Blooming heck. Has it got pills in it? Did Sharon make it, really? (laughs) And I, I love that Lola starts sticking up for Jane Honey. She just totally dismisses Billy like, well, if they want to, they can. That's the Lola that I like. That's the Lola we like. When yeah. she's not being hypocritical and not being crazy and not acting completely different how she normally acts. This is Lola. This is Lola who knows that her and Jay weren't right for each other and have amicably decided that they should part. This is Lola being an adult. Billy, on the other hand, is like, why shouldn't I be bothered? Why shouldn't I be bothered? It's like, well, because it's got nothing to do with you. That's like, your ex-wife. Yeah, like, if Lola's okay with it, Billy, you really need to, like, take a leaf out of her book here. Yeah, and then she's like, well, they can't, they can't help how they feel. And this is the crowning, the crowning cherry. It goes... Well, what about how I feel? Well, I'm sorry, but this is not a menage a trois. Like, it's not a three-way relationship, Billy. You are not part of Honey's relationship. Yeah, like, if this was happening when he was with Karen, like, I don't understand how he can even have a say on it because he's with someone else. 
him and Honey have not been together for ages. Like quite... She was dating Adam. He yeah. was dating Karen. Like, then it's Karen dumped quite him. quite a suddenly... long time. Yeah. Now, suddenly, because Karen's dumped Billy. Oh, well, that means Honey's waiting for him. I don't like how he thinks that whenever he, he's finished with a relationship, like, he can just get Honey. And he doesn't like whenever she's in a new relationship, but it's okay for him. So when he went with Karen, it was completely fine. But when she went with Adam, yeah. it wasn't. When like, he cheated on her with Tina. It's, it's not like completely. this has come out of the blue either. Like, they've split up quite a while ago. So obviously they're going to move on over time. Like, when did when were they last even together? Like, they haven't been together exactly. in that long. Because it happened when he slept with Tina that they split up. And that was a long time ago now. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like it's overnight, is it? It's like, this is over a few years. She's going to move on in that time. I mean, Billy and Honey have given it a shot, right? They have definitely given it a shot. They have been married and together on and off multiple times. Billy has ruined each one of those times. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It has been Billy who has been the, the bane of his relationship with Honey. He flipping defrauded a charity... He knew Jay was taking drugs at one point, selling drugs, sorry, allowed that when he was a kid. Like, he um, cheated on with Tina. Twice. He's, yeah, tw- twice. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, there's so many problems in their relationship. Why would he want to go back to that? I don't understand. I know I'm a Jay fan. Everyone knows I'm a Jay fan. I love him. But when Billy calls him sarcastically, the knight in shining armour, I'm not being funny, but he kind of is to Honey. And then he punches Jay in front of everyone? Yeah, no. Punches him? And, like, it's the way way he says, what about how I feel? That is literally all he cares about himself. He's the most self-indulgent person at the minute. Billy, you read my bad books, love. It's another day for Mick. Another hard day, really, for Mick. Because... Waiting outside his house is Frankie. She's desperate to know that he's not going to go to the police. So Shirley wants Mick to go to the police and she has a bit of a word with Linda and that gets Linda thinking. After seeing Frankie earlier in the day and hearing what she asked Mick, she goes and uh, joins her in the cafe and they have a little chat. And then Frankie's brother, Harry, well, his brother... So they they both share the Harry is a half brother. Yes. Jed decides he's gonna go to the memorial for Harry with, with Frankie and Linda in the most weirdly and most inappropriate way I've ever known. Joins. Says, Can I come along too? That's a very odd thing to invite yourself to. Someone <laughs> else's funeral. memorial that you don't know. She's like, I'm just really late to be there. Why? Oh, I love Linda, but that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> they walk off. Then suddenly cut, cut to the afternoon. They're having coffee and rubies. And that's when um, Linda starts talking to Jed. And, well, she finds out pretty quickly that it doesn't all add up that he could be Harry's brother. But then, like him and Frankie aren't related and like how it all works because obviously she knows about Mick and Jed admits that he is in fact Harry's dad and 
it was he he promised it wouldn't come out and and yeah. that it wasn't just him. So Linda's very aware there's a lot more people that this has happened to. Again, as well, we got a little bit of a Stuart hint as well. Mm. Because it was Stuart who informed Linda that Katie had other favourites. Yes. And then when she also mentioned about how Katie was nice or something, or good, um, and he goes, if you say so, or something like that, didn't he, as yeah. well? And he's always been like that. He's always been very dismissive mm-hmm. uh, of, of her and, like, of any praise towards Katie. So I think I think he was abused as well. Yeah. I really do. I think, because uh, he derogatory derogatively refers to her favourites as, like, teacher's pets. But I feel like that's to distance himself from that, as mm. if to say, well, I'm not one of them. I just feel like maybe. And after hearing what Stuart had to say is what made Linda then think, well, maybe there is more. Maybe Jed is one of them. I think the theory we had last week, will. I think they will explore that. Yeah, me too. Me too. If you want to know what that theory is, guys, tune in to last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we'll be here all day. <laughs> and Linda goes and tells Mick about what she's found out. And it's when Mick sees uh, Will playing football and he's about the age he was back when this happened. And that's when he, he decides he, he wants justice and he's going to go to the police. And I love that him and Frankie had a little sit down chat and Mick started using sign language. Oh, I know. It's lush. And it, I do love it because... You're right, he sees himself in Will and he says it beautifully later on where he's like, you know, I could see him him dreaming about scoring a goal, um, you know, um, and winning a medal and things like that. And he talks about how he didn't get to dream those dreams, he didn't get to be that child. And I think that's very important to mention. Abuse victims have that innocence stripped away from them Mm -hmm. too early. They have those dreams destroyed. It's not just about what physically happens to them. It's about what happens to them mentally. And it was such a beautiful and poignant moment for Mick to say. Mick's talking about how, like, this is how Katie operates and she's getting inside people's heads and that she convinced Mick that what they had was special and this is, they need to do something because she's doing this to lots of people. And exactly. um, they need to do something. And they, this, the reasons he's he's mentioning, this is why they have to do something. And he's going to go and speak to the police, which he does. And what I loved after a chat with Callum is when Frankie turns up outside the police station and she's there waiting when he walks out and gives him a hug. We found out this week that uh, Chelsea's an influencer. Not one of those ones that have been spreading COVID, I hope. <laughs> and denise wants chelsea to do a bit of a influencing to get in some punters now i would say maybe start actually turning up at work and they might actually start coming in because yeah let's be honest no one's really ever there working hire hire people to work there denise instead of just casually coming in when they fancy a a chat or a chinwag do you remember when lola left at 10 o'clock in the morning because it wasn't busy yeah i love that I love that. Oh, it's fine. It's not busy. <laughs> Ten o'clock. It's not. It's not the fact that you don't have good advertising, Denise. It's the fact you've got poor management and terrible working staff. <laughs> That's what it is. Cherie is the only one, right, who is actually like there, doing hair day in, day out, 
I love that Kim. Kim can't have a job there. Yeah, right? Kim can't Kim work can't there. Kim can't have a job there. But Lola can. I love it because she was like, well, we're overstaffed and there's, you know, there's not many people coming in. Really? Firstly, because no one's working. Lola's never there. And if she is there, she's not doing anything. No, she's not. She's just casually stroking people's hair sometimes. <laughs> like, I've noticed that if you ever seen it, when she's doing the hair, she's just like, like that. She's not doing anything. She's doing like just comb, comb through the hairs. She's doing the bare minimum. Yeah, I don't, I don't see her like you know giving someone like the shavers, not giving them like buzz cuts or anything like that. She's not like <laughs> clipping away other people's hair or she's not dyeing hair. She's not doing anything. If this was long locks, she wouldn't be up to scratch, would she, Emma? She wouldn't be up to scratch. <laughs> I still love that um, Lola wouldn't even do Jean's eyebrows because it would it would just take too long. It would be too much take work. Too long. While Cherie managed to get it done really quickly yeah. and quite easily. Take too long to lighten it. <laughs> how, would it be, how would it take too long? But oh. anyway, Chelsea's phone rings and it's a mysterious man's name that we have not heard before. It's Caleb. Scary music. <laughs> <laughs> Ambient sounds to really emphasize how scary this man is. Like, you know what it reminds it. me of? It reminds me of when, like, Katie's name was just brought around first time. Yes. Uh, we're hearing Caleb's name said a lot and or seen a lot by Chelsea, but we don't know who he is. And then when he turns up eventually, which is like after this phone call, she says his name and it's like, who? I yes. don't know him. <laughs> so mysterious as Caleb, isn't he? I love it as well because you find out that this is the man who was that scary, intimidating voice who's going, three weeks! Yeah! Three weeks and no longer. And it's like, that does not look like that voice comes from him. No, and then when he talks later, he really likes to whisper. I see you've been spending all my money. He, he likes a coat because, you know, it was bought with his money. Bought with his money. Bought with his money, yeah. So he wants that. He wants that back. She can get that coat for free. I love that much. If he just like, that's a lovely coat. How much did that cost? Just takes it off and just starts wearing it round. <laughs> love that. <laughs> In his eyes, that's his coat. Yeah, yeah. Legally, it's his, and he wants it back. No, actually, he's come to talk business. chelsea has been spending all of his cash, and he's got nothing to show for it. And she seemed nervous when he said that the plan has been pushed forward. Chelsea is. Quick to reassure him, no, everything's fine. He's on board. Lucas is on board. He's going to do whatever they've got planned. Except Lucas isn't on board. He's mysteriously disappeared. So Chelsea can only turn to one person. (laughs) One person in the whole world. It's not Jack who's got years and years of police, you know, institutional power behind him. No, no. He wouldn't be able to track down a missing person. There's only one man who can. (laughs) That's the smiling vicar. I knew. As soon as he came on the screen, I was like, Connor is going to love the smiling vicar. Literally, I lost it. I started laughing so hard that I sprayed coffee out of my mouth. Because <laughs> how is he your first port protocol? Well, they're best friends. Yeah, which is so random as well. Which is even, it's, it just makes no sense because Denise was telling this story to this guy and he sat there the whole time like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. And that's his best oh. friend. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, she doesn't know. Lucas is my friend. Like, <laughs> I am getting all the information weird. for him. 
he didn't ever once think that maybe when Denise was referring to her traumatic ex who like held a hostage, it wasn't it was it wasn't Lucas, his best friend. Or better yet, vice versa. When he knew Lucas went to jail for holding a woman called Denise Fox hostage, he didn't think that that Denise Fox was the same Denise Fox who he's been friends with all this time. I just love this. I just love this entire Vicar stuff. Honestly, I really do. He's, how does he know exactly where Lucas is? Does he have a direct line to God? Has God got his own GPS? Like, how does he know? Like, it's like he is God. I'm starting to wonder if he is. No wonder he's laughing because no one flipping knows the truth. He's like, Haha, they all think I'm just a vicar. Like, I feel like he's like some sort of omniscient being. He's like, yes, um, Lucas, he's going to be coming in today. Just to wait around here. He'll be coming in later today to my soup kitchen, which we've never seen or heard of before this. But Lucas comes teetering in, teetering in, in for a second, Chelsea. She doesn't even recognise him which I didn't understand at all because Lucas literally hadn't changed one bit. He had slightly more stubble. No, I think you'll find he had a hat on and that makes him a whole different human being. You know when I put my hat on? No one knows who I am. That is my superpower. It's like like, Superman in the glasses and that. (laughs) I actually thought that maybe he put the invisibility cloak on. Remember that? That he had that. Oh, he could have. he shrouded himself in that. um, Oh, he's done a Hannah Montana you know. Oh yeah, it's the best, <laughs> best of, of both worlds. You get the best of both worlds. Murdering on the side and covering up who you are. <laughs> I just love it. I love that he's just pottering around as if he's just a random homeless like guy. And realistically. He's one of, probably one of the most dangerous people in that room. <laughs> I love that he goes about his daily life now and no one knows. Yeah, no one no remembers one. the news where he's, he'll have clearly been on the news, surely. Yes. Like this man's killed loads of people, held his wife hostage in a basement. Even better, like the whole of the square remembers this story, surely. Exactly. And they're just, <laughs> Ruby's the only one who's like, well, Ruby's get him. the only one. Get him out of here. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, no, no, no. That's not good for business. I'm not. Get out of here. I'm caught up murderers. I'll I'll allow drug dealers and gangsters, but not murderers. I only allow certain people in here, and they've got to be doing one of the following. I did love Chelsea, though, going over to Ruby, like, because she was judging Chelsea as well. She went, oh, yeah, yeah. We can't judge. She judges everyone, Ruby, though. I'm sick of her judgmentalness. Like, she literally judges everyone. Oh, she does. And I love those Chelsea was like, we can't judge each other on what our dads did in the past. I was like, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Throw that down. And then I loved it because she was like, she deserves a slap. I was like, oh, go on, just once. Go on, Chelsea. <laughs> Don't support violence, but just once. <laughs> just once. <laughs> I loved the whole thing when like Chelsea's like, no, no, you've got to come back. Come on. Maybe... Maybe you can live with Denise. Love this. Maybe you can stay on the square. But bear in mind, she goes, because think about your parole. Well, firstly, that'll be breaking his parole. <laughs> Secondly, he's already breaking his parole because you have to have a fixed address. Well, you I'll... can't just be wandering the streets of England if you're a serial killer. Everyone was upset that Denise wouldn't want her serial killer ex who held her hostage in her own basement living with her. And they were all like, what? 
Why? Why won't you have him, Denise? And then Patrick goes, keep your enemies close. Sorry, you can keep your enemies close. I'm sorry, Patrick. We're not with you on this. I'm not having a serial killer who held me hostage living with me. Yes. I'm sorry, right? This whole bit, I loved. It was just hysterical nonsense. And you know, I love a bit of that. Oh, yes. I love when the soap just goes full on. You know, throws the rule book out the window and just is like, let's just be silly. I love that about the soap. And I so, love it because you can only get it on a soap as well. Exactly. You, you can, can only ever and, enjoy it on a and soap. And EastEnders does it well, so I love it. It's the way they can get the they can get away with it because it it's soap and you can just you can get away with a lot of things. You can bring people back from the dead. Yeah, I mean, I love when Chaz is it. I just wanted to you know, show a little bit of compassion. And Denise is like, I'm sorry. He killed his ex-wife. Kept me locked up for weeks, and he also tried to kill me too. If you if you don't remember, like, and also threatened to murder Libby and murdered Livy's dad. I did love how the abusive ex of Denise didn't even get a look at in her like speech of him. You know, you see, that's just glad that he's dead as well. She's like, I'll let him off there. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame her for not being like he was terrible what he did to him, but like, you know. <laughs> um, I just loved it because even then, even then, you've got the only person on her side seems to be Kim. She's like, yeah, I'm with you, Dee. And then they they invite they invite Lucas round for a chat to discuss the the idea of him possibly living there. <laughs> and did you find it weird when he said, "Bear in mind, so Chelsea and Denise talk every weekend." Yes. But this was brand new information to Denise that um, Jordan was dead. I don't think he is. I adored that part because that poor, poor boy, as Patty said, that poor boy. I love that he is so insignificant to all of the foxes and the Trumans (laughs) that they don't even know he's dead. This is... Denise's stepson. So it's like, oh, well, maybe if you cared a little bit more about him and actually showed some interest in his, love you, but like, come on. After this off-screen death announcement, by the way, lovely to do that to, to poor Jordan. Um, the way Chelsea looked at him, though, I was like, mm, I don't think that's happened. Well, I'm hoping it hasn't, but like, something tells me it has. <laughs> something deep in my soul says that that's my positive thinking, saying... He might be alive. He might yeah. be alive. I feel like I'm doing what everyone was doing when Tina was dead. You know, they're like, she's alive. She's fine. She's fine. She's alive. She's got to be. She's got to be alive. Like, I feel like I'm doing that. If he wasn't dead, it would be very weird to randomly announce her at the table, just like, yeah, yeah true. Jordan's dead. True. And they're all like, what? Well, I love how Chelsea's yeah. about it as well. Like, he doesn't like take no. these singles. Listen, like, I know, you know, you cared for Jordan um, and... It would be wrong for me to, you know, just out outright say this, but unfortunately Jordan's died. You know, easier in a way, it's just like, Jordan's dead. What? Like, <laughs> they're all in a state of shock. I love after this chat as well, Jack, who is a, a, a copper. Proper copper. Decides he's going to go back to his bent copper ways because who cares about parole? He's going to help Lucas get a flat. Make your mind up, Jack. Are you a good cop, a bad cop? Ben Cop, what are you? Like Mr. Ben, you swap around so many different outfits. Well, today I'm good cop. Today I'm bad cop. 
Today I'm handing out coffees. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm driving around the square. Like, it's unreal. Today I'm a DI. <laughs> I love as well that, like, you know, that they couldn't do anything. Jack couldn't do anything because there was nothing legally to charge him with. Well, how about breaking his parole? Yes, because now he's on the square. <laughs> Literally numerous times. Numerous times he's broken his parole. Living homeless is breaking his parole. Like, just arrest him, Jack. Just take him to jail. He's a serial murderer. He went to Denise, like, do you want to move in with me and I'll protect you and Raymond from Lucas? And then next minute they're, like, inviting him to live there. And then they're like, oh, well, it's because you won't, you won't allow him to live here, Denise. We're going to have to get him somewhere. So we'll just get him a flat on the square and he can look over through his window at you every day. Yeah, why is everyone so casual about murderers on this square? Like, everyone's fine with them. Max walks around like he didn't murder Stephen. Well, to be fair, a lot of them walk around like they haven't murdered anyone. I know. Like, Sharon was poisoning Ian just the other day. Like, they're all just murderers on the square. Bobby's murders his sister. Flipping. I think... Like, how... Is that not why, like, Denise and Peter are looked bad upon for not, like, agreeing with Bobby and Lucas because they're the odd ones out. They haven't done anything bad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, like, it's crazy, isn't it? They're just all murderers over there. Or, or murderer enablers. I love patties. Keep your enemies close. I don't think, um, you know, whoever created that saying meant move them murderer in. or attempted murderer <laughs> in so that you can literally sleep just down the corridor from you. Oh, yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> I mean, I would check your coffees, definitely. Definitely. Keep the flipping shops away. <laughs> So the next day arrives and Chelsea's got a very fluffy coat on. That looked very comfortable. It looked really comfy. I was a bit jealous. I was like, oh, I know. It's warm coat. And well, they turn up on the square to wait for Jack because they're going to go flat hunting. How exciting. exciting. As they're waiting, someone leaves something for Chelsea and is it in the flowers on the square. That was Oh, weird. yeah, I love that. No one else picked that up either. No, no one. Just Chelsea ran straight over like, oh, I'll get that. <laughs> what about the florist? Wouldn't he be like, why put your rubbish in my yeah. flowers? Plus the mouse. Like... He'd be like, hey, oh, I wonder if he really left the bullet for Ian. <laughs> oh, that's who it was, man. The whole house hunting thing really was the highlight for me for this, like, Chelsea storyline because, I mean, like, what kind of questions would you be asking the real estate? Would you be like, when, yeah, Carpet seems nice. Uh, walls seem secure. What about um, the soundproofing? Can you hear people scream? <laughs> Does it have a basement? Do you know what I mean? Like, what questions is he going to be asking the real estate? <laughs> just love it. It just, it just is fabulous. And as he's waiting, waiting for this glorious, glorious journey around the square to see all of Jack's many properties, which we've only just heard of. Um, we know he's got like well, one it, or two. I was going to say, yeah, isn't it? There's Ruby's old flat and I think... I think that's it. Yeah, he's literally got like two. He makes it sound like he's a property <laughs> mogul. Like he's, he makes it sound like he's like, you know, got like property all over the country. So that means Ruby's will have been re- um, redone and he'll be moving in. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Lucas has to live with Ruby. <laughs> 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 hey, neighbour. <laughs> hey, Ruby. You wake up, go well, to get like, you know, yeah, imagine. Whatever from the shop, your newspaper. You look around, there's a murderer just standing at the window. Like, just imagine saying, oh, hi, welcome to welcome to the square, because you don't know who he is. And um, yeah. you never read the news. 
you didn't live here in this area and you moved in you're like oh my new neighbor seems dead nice and like and you find out <laughs> a serial killer who held who held their wife who just lives a few doors down <laughs> hostage i mean what do you do for a living well mostly just ducking and dodging the law because i wanted for breaking my parole and murdering people <laughs> oh lovely i am you're fitting well have a nice day we're moving <laughs> yeah i would literally be like right get on the phone to our real estate agent now i would be like imagine trying to sell that up. one though imagine trying to sell the one next to him like um so yeah the guy next door lovely guy Hopefully, yeah. you'll yeah. never have an what issue. Us, like, <laughs> never have an issue yeah. with him. <laughs> Very quiet. Never hear a peep from him. Occasional screaming from the basement, but other than that, nothing. Like Starfields, <laughs> I think. It's always a classic. Keeps himself to himself. He uh, loves that. And they're on a murder documentary years later, and they're like, <laughs> we thought it was normal. Kept himself to himself. Kept himself to himself. Never heard a peep. Yeah, it's always the classic. Kept himself to himself. He keeps himself to himself, so you don't have to worry about him. You won't hear him. Don't worry. Did, did, did you know him? Well, well, he was just to talk to. He's friendly. Love that one as well. Just to talk to. And so Jack. Jack takes him around to see his flat. And, well, Lucas is impressed. He likes it. He's, he thinks this is a winner. But his mind is still fixating on the mystery of the envelope and his daughter. So he lets himself into someone's car. As you do. And he's um she's wanting a few details because he's a he's a friend of Chelsea's um and he's like you 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 the you the man, you're the you're the guy for the job and she's like, Yeah, I'm the guy. <laughs> well Chelsea's told us a bit about it, but you know, she's not into that detail. You know, I've got friends around here, just a bit dealing, yeah. And he's like, huh, I ain't some small fry dealer. Oh, in international? Yeah, she's she's got the passport. She's got a ticket. Someone will meet you at the airport. Why would Chelsea's first, like, why would her his, her first choice of who could take drugs or, like, illegal stuff abroad, why would it be Lucas? He murdered people. He wasn't, like, a professional smuggler. Well, I'm assuming it's because, for some reason, he was obviously let out. <laughs> Don't know why. And... Yeah. <laughs> Still curious on that, yeah. <laughs> For some reason, he was let out, and then she's clearly not happy about that because of all the trouble he's caused. So mm. I'm assuming because she knows this is such a big job that there's a chance he'll probably get caught. In fact, because he's never done it before, you'll definitely get caught. That it's best to put him on the job, then he'll get arrested again and be back in prison. I think. I was. I, don't I know. think you're on the right track. I also wonder if. The plan is for him to get caught anyway, yeah. so that the drugs go into the police custody or whatever, and someone inside the police over there will take them and distribute them to, down the line. Yeah, I would have that because I would have that's what's happening. Chelsea's clearly because she had a storyline about drugs when she was yeah. originally a character, so they're yeah, clearly bringing that back. And so I think she was always going to have to do this job of some sort, but then. If she's found out he's he's out and she wants to protect herself because she doesn't want to be caught, this would probably be, although far-fetched, a logical way. Yeah. It, to me, you, you've got to be right. It's got to be because she wants to punish him as well. Mm. 
or because they want it to go bad so that the drugs do get taken into the police like custody so that they can then be smuggled out of that custody by like someone on the inside like she's got herself is the, the only reason i think yeah she's got herself in a sticky situation she needs to get out of it and she's thought well i don't want to be like getting charged i don't want to be charged and then at least like i guess there might be a way that gang then suddenly disappears um but also if i if her dad's out, then maybe that means you'll go back and then she's in the clear. But it will all come back to bite her, probably, because... Oh, yeah. These harebrained schemes, they always do. Yeah, it's not it's not going well at the moment because obviously Lucas has found out. So I'm interested to see who's going to be taking that suitcase over. Yeah. <laughs> if at all. Imagine it's Denise. <laughs> I know, that's my worry. I'm like, oh, no, Denise will go, oh, well, I'll get a nice holiday out of it. And then she'll be yeah, like, no. Sunglasses on, just like, I'm ready. She just walks out like that, suited and booted, with a suitcase. We've all seen a bit of banged up abroad, haven't we? I don't want yeah, that happen to happen to RD. Well. Spent my two weeks on holiday in um, a, a wonderful prison in uh, <laughs> just outside of Alicante. It was lovely, <laughs> lovely. Met a nice guy called Manuel. It was fabulous, fabulous. I would have all my friends over there, wouldn't I? Can you imagine? I would be mega popular in prison, I think. <laughs> mega popular. I have plenty of boyfriends, let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) This week's Slurping Dan goes to Billy. I mean, is this a surprise to anyone? I don't think so. (laughs) He's literally treated Honey like a, like an object, like something that he just can have whenever he wants. She's a human being and you're a misogynist, Billy, and that's why you're getting a slap and down. Our hero this week is D.I. Kathy. We'll have to give it a Kathy. She's literally the smartest woman on that square. She's managed to figure out from absolutely nothing that Ian has been attempted murdered by um by Sharon. Like she's like a, the best Nancy Drew there. And, and also Only one that cares that Ian's even not there. Exactly, she's the only one who actually cared. She was like, no, I better fool the hospitals. Even his own sons were like, nah, give it a week. Give it a week. <laughs> so that's why Kathy's this week's hero. As Kathy was our hero of the week, or should I say D.I. Kathy, we are going to be rating this week's episodes out of Kathy's. And we will be given this week four Kathy's. It has to be four Cathy's because we've had a bit of everything, really. We got the Balam love story, like that we've all dreamed of. We've all wanted this for, for ages now. It was magical. It was beautiful. It was funny. It was everything. We adored that. We got loads more Billy stuff, which is obviously hilarious the way that he acts and stuff. I know we we rant, but we actually find it funny. Like it's, we just laugh about the fact that he's so pathetic, um, and. I love that we finally got, like, with the Chelsea and Lucas story, you kind of start to see everything come together now because he's now obviously worked out what Chelsea's up to. And I think that could get very interesting. I think we're going to see the real Lucas pop out. So excited because we love a good villain and he's, like, one of our top, top villains. Love Lucas. um, uh, Of all time. So, yeah. Yeah. This week's episode is sponsored by 
Lexi's wedding planning. Did you want a job? Perhaps you didn't, but that doesn't matter because you're being hired for Lexi's wedding planning. Against your will, and you'll do whatever she says. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.